Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to The Friday Show, the weekly show for all, where we look back, forward and sideways at anything football related that takes our fancy, but mostly City of course. I'd like to be joined this morning by the one and only Lloyd. Good morning Lloyd. Morning Howard. How are you doing? Yeah, good mate. Good. Friday, eh? It's Friday. That's what we're looking forward to. Yeah, indeed. Had a fun week? Uh, No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. I'm much. I'm glad the cricket's back on today. That's my. That's my saving grace. Yeah. Uh, has it started yet, though? Uh, no, I think it's delayed by rain. But uh, I'm just refreshing that BBC Sport page. See, there'd be a better place playing it in England at the moment. Then. Well, potentially. You just assume the weather's good when it's not played in England, but not the case in South Africa. It's a bit nips at the moment, though. Bloody hell. Yeah. Yeah, right, we've got plenty to, to cover today, so I feel like I'm covering a bit of old ground every time we do the come to an FA Cup weekend, but uh, my opening question was, you're in charge of the FA, how do you return the FA Cup to former glories? But I was thinking more about Pep and uh, Klopp, I think, would like the abolition of replays, and they have got rid of them in later rounds, I'm pretty sure of that. How do you feel about first replays, and is it an integral part of the competition? And the state of the, com- uh, the competition itself at the moment. Yes, yeah, I do like a replay because I think there's something about um, kind of the the beauty of the cup in in the sense that there's something about a you know smaller team you know going away to say United or Chelsea or you know us now and. You know, managing to kind of duck in a, a draw and and bring it back to their, you know, to their you know shit ground wherever I, yeah, I can remember with Newport recently or um, Lincoln under the Cowley brothers got one back at Lincoln, I think it was Arsenal, and that's great. Um, obviously, the thing about the FA Cup is that they they always split the revenue, so even if it actually is a say at the Emirates as opposed to Lincoln, then Lincoln will get half the money, but. I think the FA Cup's biggest problem for me anyway is that it come it's now obviously it comes on that weekend after what has essentially been a three week slog yeah. for for the Premier League. So what you're getting is you're getting Premier League teams absolutely knackered um because they've played, you know, twenty sixth, then they've played twenty eighth, then they've played, you know, thirty first or first, then they've played on the fourth, and then they play that first weekend um, in January, and it's yeah, it's just an absolute shocker, and that's why you know, I mean, you, you looked at Liverpool's team for the game. Obviously, they they won, but you know, apart from Adam Milana, it was a complete, you know, complete shadow eleven essentially with kids. So, and that and that you know that does affect the competition. I mean, it's great in a way to see some of the kids, but um, but yeah, that I think that's the biggest problem. It, when, obviously that's always been its schedule but when you feed in the kind of the Christmas schedule of the Premier League when you feed in now things like Amazon taking the rights so it's become so important that um, I mean they took uh, the the all the games in between Boxing Day and the first didn't they uh, which is obviously a huge package for them yeah you know then, then you've essentially got all the all the Prem teams just being like no this is literally our last priority right now and it and it it does affect the competition, unfortunately. Yeah, as for replays, of course, it is a can be a financial lifeline for a lot of small clubs. 
Uh, I was surprised, Tramier Watford last night, that it went to extra time as well. So there's little things like that. You know, I assumed it would go to penalties after 90 minutes. So uh, getting rid of it in later rounds, obviously, there's less likely to be smaller clubs in the competition then. So that's fair enough. And if they are still in it, they'll have made plenty of money already by getting to that stage. So uh, I'm fine. Yeah, I think it's pretty well balanced at the moment. Replays will have to remain. Uh, the the yeah, we cannot have everything just set up for the uh, the advantage of the bigger clubs. Uh, they obviously have bigger resources and they have to deal with that. But you could say that if we did set it up better for the bigger clubs, that they may take it more seriously. But I have my doubts. I think they'd still put out weaker teams, whether there's replays or not. So uh, they don't put out weak teams now because they may have to have a replay. Uh, in fact, by doing that, they're just making it more likely. So... Yeah, uh, I think it's fine as it is. Obviously, there's a lot of other issues. Uh, the semi-final should not be at Wembley. Uh, spread out over... I don't know, is there FA Cup games on Friday night? But, Probably, I've not seen one. Uh, I think there may be. Yeah, there's two tonight. So that's FA Cup spread out over four days. Now, some will say that's great. Uh, but others would say, well, come on. You know, yet again, a three o'clock Saturday kickoff is just becoming a... Yeah the exception to the rule rather than when it used to be a big thing so you know the the majority of FA Cup games in this round will not be at 3 o'clock on a Saturday which I think is a shame to be honest uh, but there's plenty of other stuff as well how, how you, you know, away from the FA Cup we've got this creeping Champions League extra games would you how would you feel if the if those in Europe and I think this is a possibility in 2024 those in Europe didn't take part in the Carabao Cup or League Cup or whatever it's called by then. As in what wave the competition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if they expand the Champions League, that's the most likely compromise, I would think, too. Have you not, have you not seen what Pep said about the Carabao? <laughs> what they want? Yeah, but he takes it seriously, yet says it should go. But Yeah, interesting one. Uh, I think that what you've suggested there is probably probably the likeliest I mean you know I I think that this, this is this is I think the Car- <laughs> the conversation about the Carabao is one of those where Pep you know not to criticise him too much but I think to be fair he does show his uh, I don't know whether lack of connection is the right thing to say but he does show his kind of naivety about you know the feeling with the fans when he says stuff like what he said the other day about scrapping it because I think the other, the other instance is when he starts to talk about not being good enough atmospheres and it's like, Pep, mate, you know, we're charging £65 again for a Champions League game. You know, people can't afford that on top of uh, Premier League season tickets, on top of all the previous rounds, on top of FA Cup tickets, on top of Carabao Cup home tickets. Um, but I think you're probably right, yeah. I think, you know, if, if, it, if it turns into a Champions League of that respect, then, you know, something's got to go. What's going to be the first thing to go? It's probably going to be Carabao Cup, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think... Well, you know what I, could, what I could actually see is I think the final will start to be played in, you know, Hong Kong, Singapore, <laughs> yeah. something like... No, no, genuinely, I'm not... Yeah. I, 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 could, I think I could, I could see the the final a bit like some of the pre-season games being played in China or being less, um, you know, kind of out there because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's at the whim of the sponsors, isn't it? Um yeah, I can, mm. see that. I can see that happening for sure. I mean, yeah. 
likes of Pep and Klopp could, could uh, well Klopp already does in a way, treat it entirely as a, a youth opportunity for youth. But uh, d- yeah, I, the thing is with in many other countries there are just not two domestic cup competitions. It's seen as quite an anomaly here. Uh, I'd have to look at the full list. Yeah, but you know, I think many who you know, who live, work, come from other countries would come here and say, why have we got two domestic cup competitions? It doesn't make sense, but it's how it's been for a long, long time. Uh, it's not always been, I don't know if it's always been uh, that big a competition, but it is what it is now, and it would be a shame, I think, if yeah, if that further down the line, but yeah, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves there, but I do, I do see that's the way it's going, the sort of things you've said, that it will just be... For big clubs, the the second cup competition and maybe both of them will just become less and less relevant with time, uh, which is a shame, but we will see. Uh, right, let's uh, move on by moving backwards. Uh, you were not on the review podcast, so I'm interested in your thoughts. Looking back at the Sheffield United game, now the dust has settled, uh, how do you rate that performance overall? Uh, you know, full-time, how did you feel? Were you happy or just relieved or... Both. Both, really. Um, you know, I was. I really enjoyed listening to you and Ace and I thought that was a really good review of the game. Um, not, not, not even a humble brag to the two of you. Um, <laughs> uh, it, I mean, I kind of, I really agreed in the sense that, I mean, with what Ace said particularly in. At the end of the game, I almost found myself kind of on my sofa, giving it double fists, kind of get yeah. in, because you know it felt like a really hard fought, hard fought win. Um, to be honest, we didn't, you know, obviously we missed chances, but we didn't really look like scoring until Aguero came on, and you know that sounds ridiculous. Be good chances before Aguero came on, but I just didn't have, you know, sometimes you have that sense. That you know it's coming, it's coming. Honestly, for me, until Aguero came on, I didn't feel like we were properly, properly in it. Um, thankfully, obviously, he came on. That electricity is all I can really call it between him and uh, De Bruyne. Within about five minutes of him coming on, bang, it's gone. A- incredible ball. You know, obviously Aguero's in the right place, but. You know that, that that's exactly that's exactly what you need. And actually, um, you know that looks so simple, but you know would Jesus have been in that position? Don't know. I mean, might be might be a bit of a harsh question to ask, but that's exactly what Aguero's good at. You know, he's always there, always in the right position. You know, you can criticise him for not getting about enough, not running enough, but he's better than anyone. Is that he conserves his energy so that actually in the in those in those areas in those moments he's he's the guy um, and obviously it's a tap it's probably the easiest goal he's ever scored but you know to be in that position actually is is uh, is huge and yeah I loved it I was um, it's funny because I, I find myself going from you know Premier League game to Premier League game and saying you know I, I'd, I'd like to give Stefan a bit of a shout out in that what he said on the pod the other day with you after the um, after the draw midweek I thought I, th- I think he's absolutely spot on in that you know this season is kind of gone now in that we should be playing Foden and we should be playing Garcia because we are missing a huge opportunity not to but then you know you you are, you, 
you find yourself in the middle of watching a game, particularly a Premier League game, and you want nothing more than a win. So I, c- I can see why Pep, you know, so I can see wh- why Pep is going and wanting, you know, win from win because you look at Leicester and okay, they've stumbled a bit recently, but generally they've been they've been smashing it and they're going to push. They're probably going to push as hard, you know, if, if you look at their last twenty three results and for second place. So. You know, I understand his. I understand his issue. I think Foden should definitely be playing more. It's good to see Garcia come on. Um, you know, when the port goes off. But no, I thought in all in all, really good win. Um, and yeah, very pleased. Yeah, can yeah, if we've gone too far with this, oh, we can just experiment and do this and that. Because if if we do that, drop some points. It's not just going to be pushed aside is it by our fans or other side you know if we're Liverpool are 25 points ahead it's going to have ramifications for that rather than just saying well you know it was gone so we're just uh, bedding in for the future it's not really that practical in the real world is it no no I think you're right um, I think the, the big thing for me um, I, you know I was sat there listening to the the podcast with Stefan after the after the Sheffield United game I think the really frustrating thing about this season is actually is if you go and look at um, I, I, I push everyone to look at who scored the, the statistics website if you look at the form table so you've just gone to the results for basically City this season you'll see that what, what we've basically done is we go on like runs of three, four, five wins in all competitions and we lose and then we'll you know win a, win a few again then lose win a few again then lose and it's, it's felt like the season I mean just before um, just before the Palace game you know it was it was a little bit like just before the United game and that you're like right this is it you know we're playing well again you know just before the United game we smashed Burnley away they had that photo in the before the Palace game you know we'd just beaten Villa 6-1 we smashed United yeah. in the in the league and then we go and drop a 2-2 against them uh, and I felt a little bit like that kind of heading over Christmas where you know we just had Leicester before the Wolves game you know we just beat an Arsenal 3-0 before Arteta went there you know again kind of building up a bit of a head of steam looking good and then you drop that shocker at 3-2 out of nowhere so I just feel like this season you know we're getting there we're starting to play well the, the, the players are starting to run in themselves into form and then we just drop a clanger you know every kind of four or five Premier League games and ultimately that's why we're I mean what are we now are we 18 points off Liverpool I think it's about that isn't it yeah yeah let's get Stefan to look it's probably best if you don't look to I've got a double game week haven't uh, because of the yeah, well, no, it's 16, but they've got West Ham away next week to get their game in hand from December, yeah. Yeah, and West Ham, obviously, not in any form whatsoever, but not it would make any difference. Uh, yeah, I don't think City have not won four league games in the bounce all season, so from the team that's 198 points over the two previous seasons, that's extremely telling. Yeah, that is that is crazy to be fair. I did see that the other day. That, so, does that not surprise you? Yeah, I mean, I I thought no, that's not right. So I started looking through the results and went, yeah. Every time we get to the fourth game, uh, we mess it up. So I think Palace was the fourth game. Yeah, that would have been four in a row. Uh, 
But no, they're dotted about. You know, they don't they don't come. The drop points don't come in clusters. They are dotted. You know, pretty much every four games. So uh, it just shows they just cannot did not get the momentum going, not got a run going in all competitions. You know, you can find a run of nine or ten, but that's because we've suddenly have a spate of cup games around league games. But if you just come straight on the league, then no, not four in a row. So, yeah, it'd be amazing if we go to the end of the season and still haven't won four in a row at any point. Yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, but, yeah, Sheffield United uh, only failed to have two or more shots on target this season, twice. And those were both against City. So, that doesn't really tell the story of the home game at the Etihad, obviously, uh, where we're certainly at risk of conceding a goal on many occasions. Uh but I think it does tell something of the story of uh, this week's game and a bit of defensive solidity. Now, obviously, the, re- the return of Emerick Laporte, were you surprised to see him on now? And what's your thoughts on how he did, his impact, and how, obviously, the difference this could make to City's season? Oh, wow. How good is it to have him back, Howard? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like he's never been yeah, away I mean, as well. No, no, genuinely, I think I think that's the point. Really, that he looked great. I mean, you know, he's not played since August. He's basically been out for pretty much six months, um, and he he looked, you know, he looked really good. And I think that's that's kind of ridiculous because I think I shared your um, skepticism before the game and thinking, why the hell are we playing him here? Why are we starting him? Particularly, you know, Sheffield United away as his first game as a star. I was thinking, bloody hell! What yeah. you know, you're asking for it. Then that tackle goes in after after what like ten yeah. minutes, and you're thinking, oh no, you know, we're, it's going to be one of those games. And it was one of those games. But you know, twenty minutes in, he's having a scrap with um, their their centre back on the line in front of um, Edison after he clears that fantastic header. And you're like a bit like Asana. He's you're just like you, we've just missed this guy so much, and he's nails, as Asan said. Um, no, it's I mean it's such a it's such a massive. Uh, Love that little point that you made on the on the review, saying it's the first time we've played a couple of centre halves together this season. I mean that is ridiculous, isn't it? But since, since such, I mean, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Christ. I mean that 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 shows in a way. Yeah. I mean that that shows the amount of trust that Pep has in Fernandinho, I suppose, because it's a long way way again now. But people will forget that first few games of the season, Fernandinho was on the bench actually, um, and you know he wasn't playing. Obviously, we had a central midfield role, and we played four at the back with, you know, with Laporte yeah. and another before he got injured, um, and obviously. I think the Norwich game happened, and you know Pep went. I'm not playing Stones and um, Ottomendi together again. And you know we've seen what's happened since. But no, I mean, it's just great to have him back. And I think I think the the other thing that we've really missed is that ability on the ball to be able to kind of switch it out to the opposite side. You know, obviously Fernandinho can do that, but he can't do it off his left peg, um, and he's always yeah. looking for that angle. Um, so to have Laporte back, I mean. Particularly for the Madrid games, I think for us it's massive, absolutely massive. Yeah, well, the key now is obviously he stays fit. As I said on the review, 
the, the risk is not just the old injury recurrence but a muscle injury uh, but you do get the feeling the fact that he started that he has been we know he's been training we've seen photos of him but perhaps he's been training for longer than we thought uh, maybe you know, a few behind closed games doors games sorry and uh, yeah I think he has been ready for quite a long time but it did still feel weird away to Sheffield United it's like yeah uh, quite the introduction but he loved it he loved it you know uh, and I loved it and it became more important than the result in a way but he came through it and City won so best of both worlds uh, the feelings on the penalty situation at City it seems <sighs> absolutely bizarre that such a top side cannot uh, I saw was it you that I think you whatsapped me and said Kevin's up for taking penalties is that what Pep said in a press conference no I think it's what it's what um, I think Sam managed to grab Kevin one of the mix zones and asked him about it and he said um, he said yeah of course I'm up for taking them um, if the manager asks but then he said I don't care um, <laughs> typical Kevin typical Kevin he said I don't care I think it's probably for the strikers to be honest but I don't care that, those were his exact words that's good in a way so, cause he's, if, yeah, he's like, that's if he's stressing over it is it it's like I'll, I'll do it it's asking yeah I mean I, th- I think the main concern I think you know you've said it on this podcast is that I've always thought oh god he doesn't want them because if yeah. he if he if he'd have wanted well if, if he'd have wanted them I'd have thought by Natalie I'd have thought he'd gone right I'm having one of them because fundamentally Kev's on the pitch 85 90% of the time um, you know he, he, he could he could be easily your, your go to taker I think the thing with mm. the thing with Sergio is that obviously I'm never confident when he steps up but he's generally on the pitch most of the time but not all the time because Jesus does play a lot so nah. you know that obviously happened at um, at Sheffield United the other night but yeah I mean look I, I, I think we've got to be honest with ourselves it's a complete shambles that what is it now I think of our last four we've missed three but then that doesn't take into account the fact that Sterling missed two because he took one then it got take, then it got called for a retake then he missed that but then he tapped it in uh, Aguero missed one on the first uh, game of the season away at West Ham I mean you know Mara's plays that one over the bar our, our recent record has been absolutely shocking and for a team as good as we are you know one of the best in Europe you know are basically the best for the last two three years obviously we're going to get more penalties than almost anyone because we have the ball in the box more than anyone you know Sterling last season had more touches in the, in the box than any other player in the Premier League he, he drew five penalties last season you know, we we need someone. We we genuinely yeah. need someone to put it in the onion bag, but we don't have anyone, and it's it's it is absolutely mental. And to be fair, I I actually was I was really worried about it. Then I saw Pep's comments after the game, and I thought actually that's that's encouraged me a bit because it's he basically said actually maybe I need to go and have a look at this. I need to go and have a and have a think about it. And instead of putting the onus on the players to say all right, you you boys on the pitch decide. He goes. Actually, I'm gonna. We're gonna say you're taking the pens, and there's no question about it. And I, actually, I think at the moment, given how poor they've been recently, I think that would be very welcome. And if that's Edison, oh, I can't wait for that. 
you know, I can't wait for that day. I mean, I think fantasy football managers will be going absolutely nuts if Edison takes a penalty. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, it, it would be typical typical Guardiola that he misses it. The thing with Edison is that I actually, uh, I was thinking about it the other night, he'll rattle one off the top of the bar and it'll go about 30 yards back towards our own goal and he'll be sprinting back and we'll concede. Something like that will happen. Yeah, or we'll take a player out. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, he'll take someone out just outside their box with like 100 yards to go or something. Um, it, how fun would it be though? Imagine Edison <laughs> taking a penalty. I mean, Not in the that would just be, League, that's life complete that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, logistically, it could be a nightmare because I expect immediately the opposition will put two players on the halfway line. Uh, we'll have to put players back to cover them. Uh, yeah, it could be a very weird situation. And I've always had this wonder, should, would he take his gloves off to take a penalty? <laughs> but he can't do that because he might have to run back and make a save. So. Uh, yeah, Aguero's, I think Aguero's kind of the average 80% success rate so you know it's 4 out of 5 but you know I've seen plenty including at Wembley that have just snuck in uh, so it's not terrible at them by any stretch of the imagination it's just not you know we've, we were spoiled for a few years obviously we had two penalty takers and I don't think James Miller took many fours but if he did obviously he's a brilliant one now so I assume he was at the time but in Balotelli and yeah, yeah obviously we had two that you essentially knew we'd scored a goal before they even stepped up because I don't think they missed fours. So it's it's weird now, but it's not always the best strikers that make the best penalty takers. I don't think Messi's very good at them. Uh, God, look at Messi, yeah, for sure. His yeah, record's awful. Defenders sometimes uh, are their sides. Steve Bruce. Yeah, so it's a, it's a strange one. But yeah, it needs, nail it down, it needs some practice as well. Uh, right. who, who, I so, can I ask you? Can I ask you who? So, if, if you took Edison out of the equation, who, who would you say should be our penalty if everyone's on the pitch? You, know, you mean all, if our all, whole squad is on the pitch? Well, no. As in, say if it's our first eleven. So, if we had a Champions League game tomorrow, you'd expect our first eleven to be what it is. Who from that team would you say? Right, you take the pens. There's probably. I mean, we don't know because I've not seen him do it. But Kevin De Bruyne. You, but, you, would you plump? So would you say, right, Kevin? I want you to take it over Aguero. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about. Uh, stupid me forgetting about Aguero because he wasn't on the pitch this week. No, I think as it stands, you'd probably you'd stick with Aguero because even, of, even, you know, even after last 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 year's Champions League mess against yeah, Spurs, I, 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 it's hard one because I need to see Kevin De Bruyne take some I hope the next one we get we're like 3-0 up or something want, yeah in comfortable positions we get penalties on and let's see Kevin De Bruyne take some but I don't let's not assume that it's just going to be amazing at them because uh, it's not always the way so you know I've still got to go with Sergio Aguero until I see someone else if Gundogan was on the pitch I'd be confident and I've never had this confidence before, but Mahrez's good form makes me think that maybe, yeah, that Anfield horror show should be forgotten. Maybe he could be an option, but again, you're going into the unknown there. So uh, I just feel just just because he's in good form doesn't mean he's suddenly going to be better at penalties again. Uh, but he's a sweet striker of the football. Yeah, I just think he, in theory, should be good at penalties. So. 
I don't know. But of course he should. Of course he should. I mean, yeah. he strikes the ball cleaner than anyone else. I, I think the thing with Kev is, if he just runs up and smacks it, it's probably going in, isn't it? Because he strikes it so so true and so clean mm. that if he puts it in the corner, the chance of the goalie getting to it, you know, within the time is is minimal, really. Um, I, I, you know, just on that point, I wouldn't be confident letting Serge step up. I think Serge has missed. Uh, he, you know, he scored a lot of penalties, but he's missed a lot of big penalties as well. I, I actually think when it's a big moment, I think Aguero chokes on penalties. To be honest, um, yeah. I thought the Spurs game was a big was a big kind of indicator of that. I think it's been another one in the Champions League. It's kind of it's, it's really missing me. I know he scored one against Bayern in that. 3-2 win where we played against Pep and he scored a hat-trick but I remember another one in the Champions League that he missed that at the time was a big miss so I, I, I would I would give it to 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 Kev or Gundo and actually Sam's piece said that Gundo's taken six in his in his professional career and he's, he's, he's scored all of them got 100% yeah. success rate it's, so it's not many though is it it's not many but who's your other option I mean mm. What do you want to do? I mean, let Zinchenko take him, let Mendy take him. No, I mean, no. So, yeah, we're a bit limited. Um, so, no, I, I would say if Kev's on the pitch, I'd like to see Kev take one just because I think he's got that kind of mentality that, you know, I mean, look at him, he's, he doesn't care. So, this is this is a mental. Well, that's why Edison could be the answer because exactly. he really doesn't care. Uh, it, this no, is no blood in the veins, yeah. Yeah, no blood in the veins, or or even ice. Who knows? Or maybe it's blue blood. It, this is we're, we're having a discussion on mentality, not on footballing ability. So that's the key, really, because every single one of those outfield players can, in theory, strike a sweet penalty. And the dichotomy is we haven't lost a penalty shootout in over a decade. I don't think, unless I'm forgetting a very recent one, we haven't, have we? So I think it's at least six on a row. Yeah. So, when it comes to shootouts, I mean the League Cups, well, the final this year, or oh, last year now, sorry, uh, keep forgetting it's 2020, uh, Wolves joined the run as well, Leicester, uh, there's been plenty, you know, just in the League Cup alone, uh, so it's a strange one, uh, different mentality in a shootout, of course, than it is in a normal time, depending on when the penalty occurs, so... Yeah, thankfully it didn't cost us this week or so it just would have really summed up the season even more if we missed a penalty and not won at Bramwell Lane. Yeah. But they did, so... It is It is a big issue there. I mean, you... Yeah. As a team... In the Champions are, League, sorry, that, that, this, I think Asan mentioned this, a penalty could be crucial. That could make the difference between winning it or, or going through and going out at a latter stage. Well, just look at the Spurs game last year. If we'd have, yeah. if Aguero had scored that, the whole narrative of that first leg, you know, we stunk the place out last year. We played super defensive. You know, it's probably the most defensive Pep's ever played. But if Aguero slots that after twenty minutes, it's a completely different game, and we yeah. probably don't have the scramble that we do at the Etihad with the Lorente handball with the Sterling. Offside, not offside goal. So yeah, he's, he's spot on. You know, it's absolutely crucial that if you get that chance. That the, I mean, as things are, if anyone steps up, even if it's Gundogan, I'm not going to be confident. I'm going to be absolutely <laughs> shitting myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
will we will see. It's that it's definitely something we need there. We need to practice and do some work on because yeah, and of course the Aguero moment. It was even more importantly, end it would have been an away goal, which is why it makes such a difference. It changes the whole whole emphasis and of the, the two ties in a way. So little key moments like that. Right, let's move on. Uh, now when we do the Friday show, we always look at another game this weekend, but it's FA Cup weekend, and I'll be honest. Do you agree with this? It wasn't the most exciting of draws. Uh, no huge yep, you're right. tie-ups. Uh, I think on Monday we got Bournemouth against Arsenal. Uh, the delights of Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury against Liverpool. United have now got Tranmere <laughs> instead of Watford. Uh, we've got Fulham. So I've chosen Southampton against Spurs. I think we've talked about these uh, two teams before but we'll, we'll be very brief on this but first off why is this on Saturday 3pm while City versus Fulham is on 1pm on Sunday on the BBC so my question first a general one do you think TV companies get the choices wrong a lot of the time or considering this wasn't the most exciting of rounds you know, the draws they did not really have much choice because I think there's a there's probably about six games on TV over the course you know because they're spreading it out now there's more games on the box anyway but I find City versus Fulham an absolutely bewildering choice to put on. Well, from a personal perspective, given that I won't be able to make the game, I'm letting someone else take my ticket. I'm absolutely buzzing because it's been, it's been it's it's so. <laughs> I think the hardest tickets to find, uh, the hardest streams to find, are the FA Cup 3 p.m. Saturdays. It's genuinely impossible. Yeah. Ge- ge- as in genuinely, I-, I listen to it on BBC Radio Manchester because there's just no way of being able to watch it. Um, so from that perspective, I'm buzzing because obviously it's on BBC, isn't it? I think our game on Sunday. Yeah. But I think you're right. Yeah. I, I-, I actually, I think the funny thing is that statistic that gets rolled out every time United draw someone absolutely terrible at home, in that they've they've been on TV in the FA Cup. Consecutively for the last, I think it's twenty-one years now. Yeah, yeah, no, they missed one recently. I think, oh, did they? I think last year the one came to an end somewhere. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. I, I, I think. I saw, oh, yeah, I saw no, that. it was true up till about last year. Yeah, yeah. no, because I saw, I saw it. I saw it last week, and I thought oh, it's still going. The yeah, run. don't quote me on that, but I just have a feeling the the one game broke the run, and again they've been on ever since since that uh, break, but. Essentially, they've been on ninety nine percent of the time for the last twenty years. Oh yeah, well the, the one that I remember is um, Reading played them at home at the Old Trafford, and you, there were so many good ties that that weekend. And you just <laughs> thought, why are they showing? Oh, obviously, United going to win, and um, that was the game that George Evans, the Old City player, was playing for Reading, and they had that amazing moment where. Just after the game, Rudy went up to George Evans and kind of signalled, saying, "Do you want my shirt, lad?" And George Evans just turned to him and went, "Nah." Just off. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, <laughs> that's why it's on telly." <laughs> well, no, it's viewing figures a lot of the time, but obviously BBC shouldn't really. Yeah, you know, a lot of these ties have been on Sky, BT, whatever down the years. I don't know if Sky have had much of the FA Cup, but yeah, I've had some of it, of course. Uh, but, but when it's on BBC, they shouldn't really be thinking about viewing figures. Uh, anyway, if it'd been the other way around, Fulham versus City, I mean, Fulham the third in the Championship, it would make a lot more sense. And it may be a great game. I still think it's a bit weird, though. What What do you think 
counter argument that Southampton versus Spurs again like that shouldn't be on because an old Premier League tie is not actually that interesting because it's two teams that will play each other regularly anyway. Yeah, yeah, but I think I, I I agree. You know, it's it's basically a Premier League game, isn't it? And I think fans of anyone outside the Prem would say, "What will you do with that?" Uh, but but to be fair. I do think at the moment that game's got a good bit of narrative about it in that Southampton are playing really well. Um, obviously they're going to rest players, but um, you know they've got Southampton have got some good depth. They've got people like Che Adams who scored, you know, twenty five in the Championship the other year and was basically Player of the Year. And you know Spurs have got Mourinho, which is always you know love him or loathe him, he's always got something kind of about him. Um, so I think you're right to pick that game out. I think of the of the ties that looks like, you know, the one that you'd probably watch. But it's three pm minute on yeah. Saturday, so no chance. Are you surprised that uh, Hassan Hootel has turned fortunes to the side around since that nine nil defeat at home to Leicester? Yeah, that uh, in a way, because one of my really good mates, Ollie's a big Southampton fan, and um, I think Carl Anker, the uh, a good piece about that as well. It is weird because that that has kind of, in a way, catalysed their season. And it sounds ridiculous to say, in a way, that a nine nil loss kind of, you know, was the turning point. But if you look at their again, you know, I would urge people to go look at who scored because they set out so nicely with the kind of form. But if you look at that that result from there, it's just it's just green W's and and draws from there pretty much for Southampton. So. Mm. Apart from messing up, we had two 0 up against Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Messing that up, it would. Yeah, yeah, been and, better, and yeah. you know that's the thing. They they still went two up in that game. You know they're they're playing really well. Um, so yeah, I mean it is it is crazy, isn't it? But um, I, I remember seeing that, and when was it? I think it was October. Um, I think we spoke about it on a podcast actually, and you know at that point you just thought, oh my god, they're down already, and it's October. And they've turned it around really quickly, and they're now, you know, they're now pushing top ten. So fair play to them. Uh, yeah, well, I think it was Football Three Sixty Five who quoted uh, Crystal Palace player who, after losing nine nil to Liverpool, was it? I think it was Liverpool. Anyway, he said, you know, at that moment in the dressing room afterwards, with you know. He make he make a big decision whether to stand up, and you know it was a turning point for the team. Uh, so rather than you know a nine nil could would destroy many a squad. You know it's just like this is the greatest embarrassment ever. You know we're in the record books, we'll never live this down. But it can actually be a key moment that where the players you know stand up and be counted, and in a way that's what's happened. And you know thankfully he kept his job, and the rest is history. I think they're only about three points off off Europe now. So. Uh, your thoughts of the marriage of Mourinho and Spurs? Doomed to failure, or do you think long term he may do something there? I mean, I think he's passed it. I have for the last. pretty much since that first Chelsea title win of the second spell, which was, yeah. what, the year after Pellegrini won his first title? 2015, was it? I think it was. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've got to be true to, true to myself and what I've said. I think he's, I just think he's passed it at the top level. I just can't see him. You know, since he's come in, 
their results have improved a bit since Pochettino, but they're still stinking out the place every three to four games. They're still, mm. you know, they're not playing great football, which you know, in a way, you expect under Mourinho. They, that's that. I think the big thing is there was that stat, wasn't there? Ten games in, and he hadn't kept a clean sheet, and they were conceding on average two point two a game. And the one thing that yeah. you do, to be fair, associate with Mourinho teams, they're normally they've always been quite solid, and you know a bit, a bit tight going forward. But they've always had a decent base. But no, I, 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 I think it's gonna, I think you'll probably run about two years, and it'll end in tears like all of Mourinho's jobs. <laughs> yeah, uh, so they're on thirty-four points, the Premier League. So you know, the on the cusp, or maybe in it of. Uh, Europa League qualification or still chance of top four because Chelsea are not you know Chelsea's record how they've stayed in fourth is just quite damning other teams below in a way because their points return over the last 10-12 games is pretty poor so they've got things to play for I say Southampton three points behind 31 do you think both sides are going to disregard this then and play weakened sides and because of the Premier League situation or is this an opportunity, especially for Southampton, perhaps for you know for this this uh, upward curve, just to, to keep getting on a roll and uh, maybe even win something this season? No, I think I think they'll I think they'll throw it. Well, not throw it. That's that's a bit of a cloppism, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of how Liverpool approach it, but no, I I, I mean you know I I think last time we did a podcast before. The FA Cup, you know, I called out certain managers for, you know, for not playing serious enough teams when they maybe should. But I understand in Southampton's position, you know, they're they're looking safe-ish. You know, they've they've really played well over the last kind of two three months. But if you're Hassan Hootel, you're taking, and I think it's fair, you're taking no risks. You know, you you you're resting Danny Ings. You know, you're not playing James Ward-Prowse. Um, you know, you're probably rotating most of the team, and I think that's fair enough to be honest. Because, you know, relegation is such a big issue, and when you are pretty, you know, pretty close to it, I think I do think it's fair enough. So I imagine that he'll he will play a rotated team. If I was Mourinho, um, I would I'd, I'd play all the boys. I think they they need to run themselves into some form, to be yeah. honest. Um, I'd be disappointed as Southampton fan if you put a weak inside out. To be honest. I would too, but I, th- I just think he will. I yeah. just think he will. I don't know. Who do you fancy him? Do you think the Spurs might, because they play a stronger side, might get through this one? Or has this got replay written all over it? No, I think if I think if Southampton rotate, which I think they will, I'd expect Spurs to win because I think naturally there'll be that drop off from um, Southampton. You know, they they weren't playing, you know. A lot of their big players probably won't play Redmond. They'll probably get a rest. Yeah. So, you know, you'd expect, you know, Spurs' semi-second string, you know, to to beat to beat Southampton. So, no, I I I, I would think that Spurs will win. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure myself. Uh, Do you think Southampton? Well, no. It's just as you say. I just think Spurs are vulnerable. Yeah, uh, I say it's such an unknown because until the team sheets come out, it's utterly unknown. Uh, as you say, if Southampton put out a real second string, then it's a different matter altogether. I just think Spurs are wobbly and you know, bereft of confidence. Uh, 
whereas Southampton the opposite where they could even make changes and you know that confidence can carry them through so I don't know I think it'll be tight so I mean both, what both sides don't want is a replay but I think that's where it may end up but then if they don't want a replay and they are drawing in the end it could be quite entertaining in the last 10 minutes because uh, I think they'd rather go out than have to uh, especially Southampton you know go have a replay at Spurs so we will see uh, but no I've got a sneaking suspicion Southampton might do that even with changes so we'll see right let's look at the the main match itself City versus Fulham I also can't make this uh, one o'clock on Sunday Fulham third in the championship uh, drew away to Charlton in the week they've only lost one playing really well well they've lost one in six but recent games have been pretty much devoid of goals which is the opposite of what I think of when I think of Fulham I think goals you know entertaining style uh, straight on my both teams to score coupon uh, at the weekend yeah. but no uh, well, the thing, I think the thing, the thing being with quite is... good in defence but not scoring many goals uh, so yeah are they going to take it seriously what do you think of how they'll approach this I mean unfortunately I think it'll be and th- th- this is what frustrates me because I think a team like Fulham at the moment you know they're, they're going to be in and around I mean, they, they, they're either going to go up automatically or they're going to get a promotion. They're not going to drop out of the top six, are they? I think that's that's pretty secure for them. So you'd like to see, you know, as a Fulham fan, that team go for it. You know, they've got a good team. Um, one of my good mates, Joel, is a is a Spurs um, is a Fulham fan, and he he basically said without Mitrovic this season, they would genuinely be. You know, pushing mid-table, but he's particularly in the first half of the season has bagged so many goals for them. Yeah, um, and they've they've now got knockout from uh, obviously Fulham from Brighton and Cavaliero, who played for Wolves last year, as their two wingers. And he said they've they've really not hit the ground running um, so far. But knockout in the last kind of six to eight games has started to started to look look good again. Um, so they've got a good team. You're right, though. They, when I think of Fulham, I think they'll score one, but they'll they'll concede two. Um, and I I went to the Fulham game actually last season where I think Bernardo and Aguero scored, didn't they? Aguero scored after about two, you know, yeah, two, two or so minutes. Um, so I, you know, you'd like to think that they'll play, you know, a decent team. But would you be surprised if they're resting Mitrovic and Kearney? Well, the, probably the not. Thing is, they're only four points ahead of seventh place, so they're certainly not guaranteed a top six place. It's pretty congested up there, uh, and I've not followed them that closely. But from my memory, they've come into better form, having you know been pretty ropey earlier in the season, very up and down earlier in the season, and it seems the way they've done that is by just you know becoming a bit more cautious and not going gung ho. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, do they have a? Would you say you know? Obviously, Fulham don't take many travelling fans, but I assume they'll take plenty to FA Cup games. We always seem to get huge away following for them. Uh, do they have a duty to take this seriously away to City in the fourth round of the FA Cup, or do they have a duty to get promoted more and the manager's okay to make changes? Look, I mean, I think if you're a Fulham fan. 
the duty, if you can call it that, is to them getting promoted. Obligation, maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the thing that they'd be most bothered about. So, I think realistically, it's probably. I haven't spoken to Joel before before this podcast and kind of before the game, but I would imagine that you know if they went out, would they shed a tear? Probably not. Mm. And that's sad, isn't it? But I mean, that's probably the that's probably the realistic kind of viewpoint of of their perspective. Yeah. As for City, then. Uh, how strong will Pep go? Easy question Jack, for you. Jack and Foden will play. If he don't play this week, then I'm beginning to wonder if he's got a mystery injury or something. Yeah, surely. He's got to play, hasn't he? Yeah. So how how would you go? How do you think Pep would go with a balance between first teamers, youth? You know, I wouldn't say fringe players. We don't have you know fringe players as such, but those that you know have not have not been first choice recently. Do you put Raheem Sterling in again for him to try and get form? How how do, would God you though. approach this? Do you think? How would you like Pep to approach this? Well, I think yeah, I think the the thing with Pep to be fair is you. I've always thought. I feel like before every FA Cup game, I think what the team will be. And then Pep plays it about fifty percent, seventy five percent stronger than what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. Because to be fair, the one thing you cannot criticise Pep for is that he takes the cup competitions very seriously, yeah. particularly the FA Cup. He's always played strong teams. So, you know, I would imagine it would be basically what would look like on paper a first eleven with a Foden in, maybe with Garcia in. Yeah. Maybe Tommy Doyle on the bench, but apart from that, it'll be all the first team players. There won't be anyone that you wouldn't recognise. Okay, Bravo will play, but you sure? Yeah, do you think Bravo's definite starting? I think he's promised Bravo the cups, hasn't yeah. he? Um, which is a shame, um, given that Edison has no blood in his veins. Um, <laughs> and I think more than anything, I just want us to get a penalty now because I want to see. I just want to see who takes it. I'm just. I'm just literally waiting for that next penalty to see who's the guy that steps up because given given his comments and given obviously this De Bruyne story I'm just yeah I can't wait to see who actually steps up um, imagine if Bravo stepped up oh my lord uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 1-0 uh, down on 89 minutes oh my god um, oh, that's not even but no I, I think it'll be a strong team I, you know I think it'll be you know, Cancelo will play, maybe Garcia will play, but you know, it'll be a pretty strong back four. Um I imagine we'll see Rodri, I think we'll probably see David Silva, you know, we'll see Bernardo Silva, you know, Mares will probably play, Jesus will play. So you know what I mean? It'll it'll be one of those teams where you'll look at it and you'll think we could easily play that team in the Premier League. So would you play Kevin De Bruyne? No, I'd rest him. Right. I think he's he's I think you were right actually the other night in that he's played a lot of football recently and I wouldn't say Kev's injury prone but he do, he does pick up injuries he has you know the last couple of years he's he, and it's not like a niggle he'll, he'll pick one up and he'll be out for you know six weeks eight weeks you know straight do his ankle bad hamstring tear so I'd, I'd yeah I'd be given you know 
Champions League's only around the corner now. I would, I'd, I would probably rest him. I don't think we need to play him against Fulham. On the bench. Put him on the bench. On bench Put him yeah. on the bench if, yeah. Yeah, if we need him, but I wouldn't start him. Well, any player is susceptible to injury after const- constant football, so yeah. I think City have this colour scheme, don't they? They go into the red zone or something there. Highly susceptible to an injury and shouldn't be played yeah, with the fatigued. So uh, they'll have had, obviously bit of time off by Sunday comes around but sometimes you need a lot more than that so yeah Raheem Sterling you would be happy to see him in the team I forgot to ask you under our Sheffield United section (laughs) on your views on Raheem Sterling against Sheffield United so if you want to talk about Sterling right now because again not talked you've not had a chance to discuss him and what we said on the review uh, I thought it was terrible there were, there were glimpses in the second half of him getting back, but you know the only way is up from where he was earlier in the game. Uh, Asan was more positive with that second half viewing. Where do you stand with him? Is this a chance for him to play this weekend? Uh, what's your views on Sterling? Yeah, I mean, Asan loves Raz, doesn't he? Well, I love Raz, but you know, bad form is bad form. Uh, no, no, I'm, yeah, I'm Kevin I'm De Bruyne t- put in some bad performances. You'd have to say, well, Kevin De Bruyne's putting in some bad performances. That's just the way it is. No, for sure. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm yeah. just, I'm just taking a jibe. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I love, I love Raz as well. Um, yeah, he's one of my favourite City players for sure. But he's looked so out of sorts recently, and I could see what Asan was getting at in that. <sighs> A lot of a lot of the build-up play towards the chances looked better. He looked he looked more energetic. I think the main thing is that over the last four to six weeks, he's looked knackered. He's not been making those even those runs, or he's not been taking on defenders with the same vigor. You know when he gets switched out to him um, from like from Walker particularly, yeah. and he controls it, and he's got five yards to literally push the ball and, and run straight at the defender he's not done that much recently he's just he's just not looked at it to be fair to him he did he did show that against Sheffield United he did look a bit better in his general game but it, oh my lord was his finishing off I mean it was so off if you looked at the XG Sterling himself had uh, almost basically won for his own and City City got 2.8 from that game I think yeah so he basically missed, you know. Obviously, actually, in terms of how it's calculated, one really for a good for a good player, you know, you should be probably scoring two from those chances. Do you think that was that a bad you, miss in the get. first half, or just a great save, or both? No, I think. I mean, it, it, it is a great save, but he should score that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 what he's about eight nine yards out. He gets played to him at a nice pace, so he doesn't have to. He doesn't really have to kind of generate any pace himself. He just has to hit it, but he hits it straight down the middle. And yeah, it's a great save from Henderson, but he should he should bury that. I should go bottom corner. Yeah, for sure. So, are you essentially saying if he's knackered, the worst thing we can do is try and play him into form against Fulham? I think I I think he still needs a bit more, just a bit more time on the bench. Yeah. I don't see how it harms him, to be honest. And United. It's not. They don't tend to play well against United a lot of the time. No, he doesn't. I mean, I think about the game against United at Old Trafford. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If he'd have played well in that game, it genuinely could have been six or seven. <laughs> oh yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, right. So 
You're, I mean, you're happy. We've got the United game midweek. You're happy that City go quite strong in this. Is this, you know, the season is what it is now. We just take it, to use the worst cliche in the world, one game at a time. You expect us to go strong just in everything we play. Yeah, well, the FA Cup's a big part of our season now, isn't it? Yeah. It has to be. And I think Pep will see it that way. You know, I think he's always taking it seriously. And I think, given the context, he'll he he will take this seriously. So, yeah, I would expect I'd expect a pretty strong team. I mean, I'd expect us to go through. So, um, I think that's the right question, really. But no, I I think he'll he'll play a good team, and he'll play obviously the big team as well against United. So, I, I think he'll he'll go pretty much full strength in both. Okay, right. do I do a score prediction then? Yeah, I can see I can see us conceding because. I think the one thing we haven't mentioned is I imagine Laporte will not play. Of course, yeah. Uh, he shouldn't, should he? He'll probably. <laughs> it, it, I, what you don't need to, do you? I think uh, you just don't need to. With United, with United midweek, I think you, you realistically you say, look, great game the other week, great game against Sheffield United. You you put a lot into that. You know, you could have could have broke your leg again. Uh, with that tackle um, and I think you know realistically you probably just say you know sit this one out well, one, game, so, one game per week would you have him in against United yeah 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 yeah, for sure I mean you know we're 3-1 up we're probably through but I'd rather he played against United than against Fulham yeah the thing yeah my, my first thought oh he, he could be on the bench get another 20 minutes but I do think maybe the thinking behind him starting against Sheffield United is that you know you warm up properly you say He's susceptible to muscle injuries, perhaps as much as anything else. Is that coming on as a sub can be as bad for you as starting? So maybe you know I'm hardly an expert in these matters. That he won't just be you know I always thought his reintroduction would be ten minutes, then twenty minutes, then thirty minutes. You know, just getting back in. Uh, but it seems the way will just be to start him once a week, and that seems fine by me. So yeah, I'd be surprised. Don't be. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the squad altogether. But I guess there's a fair chance he'll be on the bench. But with Pep, you never know. If you show no, I mean, he signalled after 75 minutes he'd had enough, you know, to come off. But if you show no after effects whatsoever, who knows? This this could be you know, at home to Fulham. He may think it uh, an opportunity. But I would think he's penciled in for United, and there's no way he can do Fulham and United. So if he wants him to play in the second leg, the Carabao Cup, then this is just an yeah. Oh, there's no, no, no there's way. no way, there's no way he plays three games in a week after coming. Oh back no, from, no, no. So it's this one or United, from, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So he's going to play against United. I mean, now that he's back, and he played like he did against Sheffield United, I think there's no way that Pep won't look at him and go, "I'm relying on him now." Yeah, I'm relying on him in the big games. So yeah, I, I, I'd be, I would be, I, you know, I think we say you say this a lot about Pep's. Team selections, but I would be gobsmacked if he's in the starting eleven against Fulham. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, is there anyone you want resting for this? Then I know we go strong, but Kev, Raz, um, Laporte. I give Mendy another rest. Um, but apart from that, no. I yeah. think everybody else. Kind of. Let's see him. I, I imagine he might start Aguero. Yeah. Given he didn't play the other night, but equally, if he was rested again, you know, I think we'll see from Jose's tweets, uh, you know, whether he's been rested. But, <laughs> but, 
yeah, I mean, I think even Aguero could could start to be honest. Yeah, yeah. well, we're, I mean, we're doing this ahead of the press conference, so yeah, there might be new news about who's available and who's not. We assume well, Stone is not. Stones is not. I was about. I actually wanted to ask you because I don't think you kind of got the opportunity on the Sheffield United review. If what what do you, what what do you think the situation is with Stones at the moment? I mean, if he is injured, which it looks like he is. I mean, where where is he in the city career? Because it, it seems like every time he either gets an opportunity or you know he's kind of playing himself back into form, he just gets another injury. Well, well where is he? He's in a pretty bad position. Uh, simple as that. If he's injured, then I think Pep has probably pretty much run out of patience. The thing is, with his injury record, even before we discuss other stuff, then he's not really sellable anyway. So yeah, you know, we may be with him. I, you know, he may be at the club for a long time. Whether one side, both sides, fans, whoever wants it or not, I think the first key for him, as always, is to stay fit. And I can't even start. We can't even start having a discussion about whether he's got a future at City until he does that. If he stays fit, then he has to have, get his confidence back forget things that have happened off the pitch dedicate to football see it as a crossroads and you know, a, a, a last chance to make it at City or have to go somewhere to a lesser team So to, you know, because it's not going to be snapped up by anyone simple as that uh, Arsenal no what with that injury record why would anyone Yeah, you know, we don't have the, the biggest wage bill anywhere but they're still on very good wages there's no way Arsenal yes they'll do it as a loan but that just seems just letting, you know, someone who's cost £45 million go away on loan is just, I don't know, it's quite soul-sapping in a way. But, you know, you're, you're probably right. We'll probably end up loaning him to someone. Uh, not this season, obviously. But if you can't stay fit, then it, I could see him being loaned out. Uh, it's... It's, it's not crazy. A, basically, that, it's not learning, in a good... Learning out a 25, 25-year-old England international with 43 caps. Yeah. 43 this I think this is the thing with Stones is that he's got 43 senior England caps. Yeah. He's, you know he's he's 25. He's not you know he's not a player now that you can say oh he's still developing, you know he's you know he's got to give him time. You know he's a central defender they make mistakes. At, at the age that he's at and the position that he's at, he should be now he should be England's number one centre half and going into the Euros Probably not even starting at the moment. No. That that is crazy, given that he plays for City. He's not starting now. He's not, but that 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 is mental because if you if you looked four years ago when we signed Stones, you know when he came from Everton and you know he, you know he had his issues, but you know he was a great prospect. If you said to me in four years' time he'll be in the position that he's in now, I'd have said no way, yeah, no way. But he's 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 really struggled. He has so. And look, we yeah. have to see, aren't we? Yeah, and Laporte showed everything that we we missed, and that Stones isn't in a way, you know, physicality and attitude, and you know we have to take into consideration we're talking about human beings and people have lives away, you know, it's a job to them, uh, and we've all suffered, you know, we've all got into work and not put in the best of our ability because things elsewhere are distracting us, and Buddy's getting to the peak years of his career, or he's at them now. So he can't 
he can't guarantee his own fitness. Maybe his body just, you know, is always going to be susceptible to injuries. But if he stays fit, it is entirely down to him. It's entirely down to him to believe in himself and believe in, you know, to eradicate the mistakes and become and work his way back into the squad. But right now, his current situation is pretty dire at City. Simple as that. We don't know what the injury situation is. If it, you know, I would hope it's like a week or something. If it turns into another five, six week thing, then yeah, we've got issues. So we've got big. I mean, we've got big issues because you know I don't want to labour the point too much, but Garcia has played better than him this season. Mm. I think that is without doubt. Um, and obviously, you know, as a as City fans as we all are, we're probably a, a little bit biased in the sense that I would now rather see Garcia play than Stones because I'm looking at both of them and I'm thinking who is probably going to be at City longer and at the moment I think it's probably Garcia and and that sounds absolutely ridiculous to say but I think it's true Um, it does does show his demise so you know fingers crossed it's literally you know it's a a niggle he's back in a week and he, he, he gets a run of games but yeah, it's it's not looking positive, I don't think. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously we need four defenders anyway, so it doesn't have to be a straight competition, but even to get into that, you know, to be in that four, you need someone dependable, you still need someone who's, you know, you can trust in a big game if there's injuries. Even if he's fourth choice, he has to, you know, find something better than where he's at right now, uh, because the injuries alone will... End his city career, I think. So it's a shame, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Probably discuss him another time when we see how long he's actually out for. Uh, this weekend would have been a perfect time to play him, I guess. Uh, but I will assume, I don't know, maybe it's a tiny mistake, uh, tiny problem with his leg. But my general hunch is uh, we won't see him again for a good few weeks. Uh, but we'll know more from the press conference, or by the time people listen to this, they'll know more anyway. So we'll yeah, see. exactly. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll say. Okay, right, I think we've covered everything. Uh, Lloyd, thanks very much for coming on the show today. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, we'll have reviews. Uh, If you don't subscribe, do consider subscribing. We'll have reviews of every match, previews, and a lot more besides. So I hope you all have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the show, and as always, up the blues.